When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Twisty Pod, the Twisty Pod podcast. It's yours truly, Taylor. It's so lovely to have you back, or if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for tuning in. I am in such a fan freaking tastic mood right now. One, I just finished a workout that was so incredibly hard. It was so motivating to finally finish it, but getting through it. Let me just walk you through how painfully horrible this workout is. And I think even just reading the reps and exercises to you will prove that alone because it was, uh, I would say like top, uh, I'm going to be dramatic here, but like top 20 hardest workouts I've done in a really long time. And I did it in my living room, which I think I always have this perception in my mind that if I don't walk into the gym and I don't pick up like some really heavy weights, then my workout isn't going to be as challenging. It's not the right word, but like maybe demanding, like physically demanding because at my house, all I have is maybe one or two sets of 10 pound dumbbells, 12 pound dumbbells, and like a 15 pound kettlebell. If I was at the gym, maybe I would immediately steer towards like 30 pound dumbbells and a 50 pound kettlebell just as an example. So if I'm here at the house, I'm thinking maybe I'm not pushing myself as much as I should or maybe it's just going to be the easy way out. Oh, no, 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 no. First of all, you can get a good workout in with just your body weight. You can get a good workout in when you're using quality reps over, um, you know, having a heavier weight. So that doesn't really dictate anything to begin with. But like, don't let that get into your head that if you're not picking up a heavy weight, then it doesn't mean that you're not still pushing yourself and that you're not still getting in a kick-ass workout because let me just say my ass has been kicked. So I I still work with my personal trainer. I've talked about her a few times. Her name is Katie. I work with her through the Future app, which is basically like a personal training app it's absolutely wonderful. I feel like it's changed my life and my perception of fitness because I feel like Katie just gets me and she gets how I like to train and what I like to do with my body and is so beyond flexible. Like I've been traveling way more than I have ever, at least in the past like three, four years. And I'm leaving again for vacation in like, oh my gosh, a week, which is nuts. This time next week, I will be um, in Europe. I will be in Athens, (laughs) which is nuts. Literally, like, what I just got back from Hawaii. Who am I? Why is this happening? It was kind of all one of those things where it just, it stacked up, not on purpose, but um, I'm never going to say no to opportunities like that. I promised myself when I left Europe in 2017 that I would make it back by 2024. That was my goal. I wanted to be there for the Olympics in Paris. But um, here we are in 2022, which is so stinking exciting. And I... I haven't really decided how much of it I will be vlogging per se, if at all. I think the the easiest way to enjoy myself is probably just like documenting through 
Instagram stories and posts um, when I can and when I'm able to, because vlogging obviously can be like quite demanding and I want to be able to like enjoy myself. I definitely won't have great Wi-Fi all of the time. I'm just traveling with one other friend. So I'm not sure. I will let you know, but we'll see. Like I feel like if I was a, a good YouTuber, like I'd be vlogging all of these experiences and I tried to vlog Hawaii, which is the funny part, but I um, jumped ship like day two when I was like, you know what? I'm just with my family. Like I never go on vacation and don't document it. Like let me just enjoy myself. So we'll see what we do for Europe. And that's kind of also the the premise of today's episode, but we'll get into that. But back to the workout schedule. So Katie usually has me do like, I don't know, let's say four to five workouts per week with like rest days kind of maybe in the middle or two back to back, like Fridays and Saturdays are my preferred rest days. And for the most part, at least like in the first month or two of training, it has been like a a pretty basic workout split. So let's say Sunday, that's the day I start. Sunday could be like a back and buys day. Monday could be a quad focus day. Tuesday, um, a a press day. I'm starting to like lose focus. Thursday, Wednesday, whatever day we're on, could be a rest day. Um, Thursday, maybe glutes focused. You get the picture. Like just kind of basic um, push, pull, press, that sort of thing when we're going through our workout split. But Lately, she's been kind of adding in some more like full body circuit blasters once a week, kind of rarely. And they have been just kicking my butt because you kind of look at them and you go, oh my gosh, like I've got like a 30 minute scheduled workout. That's so cool. Normally it's like at least 45, maybe an hour. You've got the whole, I don't know, idea of like getting ready, driving to the gym, getting to the gym, warming up, like you go through the whole process and all of a sudden it's been three hours and then you're finally finished with your workout. So you see something like kind of quick, like a full body, maybe no weighted circuit, no weights used. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Maybe a little bit easier. Maybe it's like kind of an off day, an easier day. Eh, wrong, always wrong, Taylor's always wrong, missing the mark, because these are some of the toughest workouts. And I I always have sh- not struggled with these types of workouts, but I think that they challenge me the most because one, they're just like extremely um, demanding. Maybe you're jumping a lot, you're maybe you're moving really quickly versus if you're, I don't know, just doing a squat, like it's a different type of demand on your body. So it's it's going to feel different. It's probably going to exhaust you um, in, a, in a cardio sense way more than it would, um, I don't know, or even like you're with your muscles too. Like you, you feel like there's so much lactic acid building up when like you're just jumping so much. Like you just, you feel like, ah, I just want to scream or like let loose my muscle because it's been um, so worked with so many reps. So that was today's agenda. I pull open my app and I see kind of what I would describe as a pyramid or a ladder. With a ladder though, you would normally go up the ladder and then back down the ladder. That's at least traditionally how I've seen it done or I've done it myself. Like, so maybe you start with one rep of something and you work all the way up to 10 or 20 reps, let's say, and then you work back down the ladder. So then you go reverse all the way back down to one rep. A pyramid would be either starting from top to bottom. So starting with one rep, working all the way up to 10, and then maybe you're done. Or vice versa, starting with 10 and working your way down. So this was starting with 100 reps. 100 reps. (laughs) 
And when I first opened up the app and I was like kind of scrolling through like, all right, what, what's the agenda for today? I kind of thought it was a typo. Like I thought it was an accident. And normally I have like my warm up programmed first, but that wasn't even there first. It was just 100 reps. Actually, it said 100 reps per side because we were going to be doing dumbbell walking lunges. 100 reps per side. It absolutely destroyed me, like destroyed me. And I think when I even read it, like I knew that was going to be hard, but by reps like 40, my legs were shaking. And I was just basically doing like a square in my living room and kitchen and down like my hallway. Like I was just trying to make do with the space I had. I'm like trying to not lose count. That was another thing. It was like a mental game too. Like I have to count all the way up to a hundred. What if I lose track? Do I add another rep just in case? Like, but then I'm doing so many reps. It was so much. And then I think immediately after that, we went into 90 reps, of course, of let's say goblet squats. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was goblet squats and then 80 goblet squat pulses and then 70 sumo goblet squats. I'm like, Katie, are you trying to kill me here? <laughs> I was unwell, so unwell. And these are like tough moves to begin with. And I was just thinking in my head, if I had gone to the gym to do this workout and I had maybe, I don't know, picked up those heavier dumbbells, like I mentioned, I couldn't have done 70 reps of a sumo goblet squat, maybe with like perfect form or anything to begin with, because the weight would have been so tremendously difficult for me by rep 10. How would I have done 60 more? I was glad I was working with a 15 pound kettlebell. That was hard enough. I need to stretch, by the way. I haven't done that fully yet because I finished and then I just took Reese outside and I grabbed the microphone and here I am chatting. I need to stretch or else I'm going to cry tomorrow. It's actually usually worse for me uh, day two. Like the dom set in two days after the workout. So I don't want to lose my legs. So I will be stretching a whole bunch, perhaps during this episode. Which speaking of, it's been probably like a month or so since I've done a video podcast there's not like much reason for that other than I feel like I have just liked recording the podcast later on in the evening as opposed to, I don't know, maybe earlier in the day when I look more presentable. And there is kind of like a funness to a podcast where it it is an audio platform and adding in the video is neat and it's fun. And I know a lot of you do love it, uh, especially if you are a visual person and you prefer watching on YouTube because I always do upload the podcast to YouTube regardless. There is a Don't Get It Twisted podcast YouTube channel. So if you ever just like prefer that as your main platform, even if you are just listening, it is always there even when it is just audio. But let me know if like you're absolutely dying without the video. I know it feels like I'm not being very um, consistent with the the videos and whatnot, but I I kind of have just felt like if I want to stay as motivated as possible with this podcast because I love it so dearly and it's it's one of my favorite things to do because I just feel like we have, I don't know, I feel like we have fun times together, <laughs> I say to myself, <laughs> literally to myself, nobody here. But I I don't want to like lose my passion for the podcast by feeling like I'm forced to film it because sometimes like it comes a little bit more naturally when I'm doing what I'm doing right now, which is pacing in my living room, quite literally. I'm trying to walk as far as I can without um, ruining the cord and pulling it out of the computer so I don't lose connection. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, so this workout absolutely crushed me. And the most beautiful part of it was that, you know, as I mentioned, it was a pyramid. It was meant to be a pyramid, should have been a pyramid. Started with 100 reps, worked all the way down until we got through like, you know, every other death by legs exercise we could think of. So many, like so many hard ones um, up until we got to the bottom, which should have been 10 reps. But instead, I had programmed 100 reps. So we didn't just like go back to the top on the ladder. We like jumped. Somehow I went all the way down the ladder like nice and slow. And then I just hopped to the freaking top. 100 reps of probably my second hardest exercise out there, at least for me and my body, which is squat jumps. 100 squat jumps was the way I ended my workout. I'd probably say if it was like burpees, you wouldn't hear this podcast wouldn't exist anymore because I would no longer be able to talk, walk, move. I wouldn't be alive. I would simply cease to exist if it was burpees or split squat jumps. I think those are specifically squat, uh, split squat jumps are some of the hardest moves God has ever created. Like there is nothing more painful than at the end of your workout when you have nothing left to give and you're trying to like split your legs, somehow switch them in the air, land back down. Your quad is on fire. You have no energy left in the tank and you like have 20 more reps to get through per side or something nuts. Katie's going to listen to this and like look at me like have this scheduled for next week. Katie, no, please. But yeah, a uh, hundred squat jumps was really stinking hard. Um, in full transparency, I took—I want to say I took a break after every twenty reps ish. I tried to go as long as I could before, like the lactic acid was killing my legs, and then I would shake out a little bit, take like three deep breaths, and go back into it. So I probably did it in like not sets because I didn't take full breaks in between, but probably like four to five different sets. And you know what? I don't really care because we got through it. And I feel like I remember one time a coach giving me advice that like I I don't ever give myself that grace in the middle of a workout to take breaks when I need them. Or let's say like, I actually think it was Justina Ercole. I want to say like she and I were doing a workout together and you know, when I was working out with her, when she, um, she was my personal trainer for one month, I want to say almost two, a year and a half ago now, uh, she and I would like do video calls. So she'd be watching me through the whole workout and I would be like, let's say, I don't know, doing burpees or something. Actually, she never programmed burpees. She was, <laughs> she's better than that. We were doing mountain climbers, let's just say. And if she told me I had like 40 to do, I wouldn't ever want to stop until I got to number 40. Cause that's just, I feel like, I don't know the way I was taught, the way it feels like it's programmed. But she would always remind me like, it's okay to stop for a second. Like if you need to grab your breath or you feel like you're starting to compromise your form and you're forgetting that that is more important than just reaching the number, just take a second, like stop for one second, breathe, collect yourself and get back to it. That doesn't mean you're not fully completing your set, you know, like give yourself a little bit more grace And also, just like I said, like it's so much more important to go through every single movement with good form. And if you're starting to compromise your form, it's almost like those moves don't count. Not exactly. I'm kind of being dramatic. But if you're doing like sloppy push-ups or something, let's say, and your booty's in the air or it's totally like down to the ground and 
you're compromising your form and your your torso is like totally out of whack that doesn't count really like as your full push-up you know but if you would have taken like five ten seconds just to kind of collect yourself and get back into the rhythm and do one or two more really good push-ups those are way better than 10 crappy ones and that's just the way that cookie crumbles so <laughs> that is why I'm in kind of a happy good mood right now it's always fun to record after a workout I think that should be my new routine because I record on Sundays and I always work out on Sundays so Maybe I always need to record after the workout. And then as I was kind of like getting set up, I pulled open YouTube on the TV, the TV. And the first thing I saw was Taylor Swift's uh, graduation speech at NYU. And I had heard like bits and pieces about it. Uh, I knew that she was doing it. I knew that it happened. And I heard like some quotes from the speech and stuff, but I kind of wanted to watch it and, and see everything for myself. It's only like 20 minutes. And it couldn't have been more of a sweet like sincere moment I was almost tearing up even when they were just introducing her they were just going on about her accolades and all of her accomplishments how much she has accomplished not only in her musical career but even like all of the programs and organizations that she donates to her and her mom do like a tremendous job of donating kind of like in secret like they never announce it they're never putting their name in the paper like we donated 12 million dollars but they're always doing something big and beautiful and meaningful. And they were just going on about how wonderful of an advocate she is and uh, how many, I mean, I think they said that she's sold over like a hundred million copies or something of her albums. It's probably way more than that. Let's be honest. But it was just like really sweet speech and you could tell it meant so much to her. Like I swear she was almost tearing up too. And it is so special. Like when you when you do give that speech at any graduation, like most of the time or if not all of the time, you are honored with a doctorate. So that's so cool, especially for somebody like her that, you know, followed her career and didn't go to college. And now she has a doctorate from one of the, the best fine arts schools in the country. So it just was a really like heartwarming thing. I highly recommend it. And I have gone through like this up and down journey, I think, with Taylor Swift throughout my life. And I've come to like such peace and um, respect for her. I, the up and down journey is truly at its core. Taylor Woods being jealous that Taylor Swift was cooler than her. And Taylor Swift was the famous Taylor. Like I never liked sharing my name when I was little. I always had another Taylor on my soccer teams, on my cheer team, in my classes. A lot of times it was guys too. And then I felt like, I don't know, like I wasn't the cool Taylor in class or then there was like this beautiful Taylor Swift singer and she had all these albums and all my friends loved her. And I was like, well, I'm a cool Taylor too. So that's essentially what all of this stems from. It's like Taylor at age eight being like so bitter that Taylor Swift is cooler than her. But then like, you know, as you actually like listen to her music and you look into who she is and her personality and all the things that she's done, et cetera, et cetera you're like, you can't hate this human being. Like, how could I hate her just because we share such a beautiful name? You know, if anything, she's like, hell yeah, let's own our Taylorisms, you know? <laughs> but uh with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. 
For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Uh, when I was in, I think, sixth grade, I, I want to say like I, I don't know. I like went through back and forth stages of loving her and then not liking her. And it was all, you know, down to its core, just me being so jealous. Um, but now I feel like I just, I love and respect her. And I think she's such an incredible role model. So highly recommend going to, to listen to her speech. Alrighty. Now getting to the meat of this episode, quitting social media. It's not something that is like a, a set in stone thing for me. If you're here to like, listen to this and you think I'm going to like, tell you that I'm leaving social media. I'm not. Don't worry. It's not clickbait, but it sort of is at the same time. I feel like these past few months for me have been such an absolute roller coaster. Like I feel like I'm going to look back at this time in my life and be like, how in the world was I like staying afloat? Because there's just so many things happening in my life right now. For the past I'm going to say the past two-ish months, you all know, like I had my head in the book. Like the only thing that was on my mind was studying for my CPT, getting through my test and passing my test. Like that was my MO. And I think it kind of sadly also like took a toll on me and my mental health and also my um, ability to create like really fun content like towards the end I felt like I was just like oh my gosh well here's another weekly vlog of me sitting at my desk like I didn't want it to be boring but it was also the only thing that was happening in my life like I swear to god the literally the only thing I would do from morning to night was I'd study I'd go on a walk or I'd go to the gym I'd come back eat something um maybe do like a house chore or two see if I had time to film before Keith would wake up. Maybe we'd hang out for a second before he left for work. And then I'd go back to studying or filming or whatever for the rest of the night. It was nonstop, like just constantly studying, like, you know, any student would. But it was, it was to the point where I didn't know how to balance things. And I think that was a big problem for me, or maybe that's sort of like the overall problem that I'm getting at is I I didn't know how to be like, okay, I'm just going to study for this amount of time, but I can still dedicate, you know, time to YouTube and time to TikTok and Instagram. But I, I didn't know how to balance it all, especially with TikTok. I don't think I've posted a TikTok in like maybe two weeks, maybe more, because I know myself too well that if I get on TikTok, I fall into the trap of it because I love it so much. And the content is so fascinating to watch. I think it's so creatively driven and there's so much to learn and see and do and consume and if you yourself are starting to make a TikTok somehow it turns into like, into like a two-hour process quite literally so it's not like I can just log on really quickly scroll through like three TikToks and log out if I'm trying to do everything I don't know maybe it's just something about me but I don't know how to like manage my time with the app like I see so many other people do so well I, I know people like overall are addicted to the app. Like, yes, of course, that's like the overarching joke. But I don't get how I can just go on it and leave. Like maybe I have some sort of like a minor addictive personality in that sense. But I I think also like you have time blindness with ADHD. And I think that's kind of something that I maybe need to come to terms with because I'll I'll go on and then all of a sudden like, 
I'm running late to whatever I was trying to get ready for. Like literally today that was happening. Or I'm, I blink and it's been like three hours. Literally. It's, it's bad. So I knew I couldn't go on like one of my favorite apps while I was studying girls. Maybe it would compromise my success. Maybe I wouldn't even be able to, to pass this exam, which I care so, so much about, you know? And I mean, that was just like one element of it. I think, um, in general, it's just, it's hard to balance every single platform so well. And I think somebody who does it phenomenally, like I need to know all of their secrets. How do you balance, even as a consumer, like you're not even making content, how do you balance YouTube and and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and, 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 and? Because from my perspective, I can't. I literally can't. So my exam is over. While I'm uh, practicing for my exam and I'm, I'm studying and whatnot, I also um, kind of got invited to apply for a part-time job. And this is, I, I don't remember if I already mentioned this and I'm sorry if I did, but I have been going to this gym for a really long time. Uh, it's an incredible gym. I feel like it helped me kind of get out of my comfort zone um, in quarantine. Like after it was safe for the gyms to open again, I found this gym and it has been just like a safe haven and an incredibly hard workout ever since. And they were looking for new coaches and new help at a certain location. And I was like, you know what? I have wanted to do this for a really long time. I've thought about becoming a coach there for a long time. And I finally figured maybe this is the time to do it. Like I'm, I'm getting my certification. Maybe it's a good way to kind of put it into play without um, making like the full jump to take on clients all on my own right now, but also like doing something that I love and also, and also, and also, and also getting a little bit of extra income. Like there's never harm in that, you know? And it's not even part-time. I would consider it like, I don't know, less than quarter time. It's very, very um, undemanding of you. It's very flexible. They're extraordinarily accommodating to you and your schedule. So I kind of just thought, you know what, let's go for it. So I went through the application process and um, went to my interview and everything. And um, God blessed, I received an offer to be a coach. So that all happened like days before I was going to take my exam too. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's so much already happening and I haven't even gotten to the other half of it yet. So I, I have my exam, I have my new job. And then of course I knew that I was also leaving for vacation. I was going to Hawaii and I intentionally planned at least the exam to be finished before I left because I didn't want to deal with the stress of it all. I wanted to know that I hopefully, fingers crossed, passed, which glory be, I did. And also just, you know, you want to relax on vacation. Like you worked so hard to have that relaxation time. So that was coming up. It was a vacation that had been in the works for two, three years. So I knew it was going to be like something super fun and exciting. And of course, I also sort of knew basically that um, I was going to be getting engaged on the vacation as well, which is very funny. And I hinted at something funny last week and a few of you messaged me because I was like, yeah, I'm going on Hawaii. We're kind of celebrating something, but I can't mention it right now. Basically what I was, that's basically what I said. But what I was truly talking about was celebrating my dad's birthday. (laughs) Like, I swear to God, 
that was the reason I couldn't really mention it because some of the time he listens to the podcast. So I didn't want him to listen and then be like, so you guys are celebrating my birthday because we had some surprises for him planned and I didn't want to just mention it here and then he listens and then it's all ruined. So that's actually what I meant. But I also knew about the engagement, which if you're curious, you want to know more of that story. I was going to tell it on the podcast, but I actually sat down and filmed a video about it. I wanted to document it in a way that felt like really natural and and fun for me to be able to look back on and Keith and I to be able to look back on with our kids one day or something and just kind of like cement all of those memories before I forget them because I have a, a really hard time remembering things. So that video will be up. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, it will be up on Tuesday, the 24th of May. So if you want to hear like more of the story, I think it's sweet. I don't know. It's a cute story, but yes. So we got engaged. <laughs> Keith and I, um, in Hawaii. And that's like, obviously a huge freaking non- monumental moment in your life. Like, I don't know, as a, as a girl, I feel like I've thought about that for so many years. You think who's going to marry me or who am I going to have the rest of my life with? What kind of ring is going to be my finger that I'm going to stare at all of the time? Like it, I always have always, I've always thought about the rings on my finger because I wear a lot of rings and I felt like superstitious about wearing a ring on my left ring finger because I felt like you know that's kind of reserved for hopefully one day um showing like a symbol of my love with my husband I guess that's like a cute way to put it and so I've never worn a a ring on that finger before obviously so it felt like even weirder you know like you kind of get used to like what that feels like and yeah so that was really sweet of course so uh, another freaking huge monumental thing. We have the test. We have the job. We have the vacation. We have the engagement on the vacation. And then we find out that we are finally, 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 finally moving. We are finally moving. I, cu- I couldn't even put into words how ecstatic I am right now because you all know I have exacerbated this subject. I have wanted to move out of my apartment for at least a solid year and a half now. It was never like the place that I was kind of meant to be, I don't think. I guess I should take that back. I believe everything happens for a reason. But I I wasn't supposed to live here because I was supposed to live with my friend in a different area. And kind of last minute, those plans fell through. So it wasn't like I was like avoiding living with Keith, but I kind of also felt like it could be a special thing for us to move in together after we're engaged or just later on or whatever. But it it wasn't my first choice to be in this apartment. And granted, I absolutely love the inside and like the the beauty of this apartment itself. Like we walked into a brand new unit. It was so beyond gorgeous and hopefully it still is. I don't think we've caused too much damage, I hope. But it was like the the perfect situation. Our landlord is the kindest, chillest human being on planet Earth and has been so easy to work with. Like it, it became a beautiful, easy situation. But at the end of the day, you know, like I still wanted to be somewhere different. And I think the biggest reason that I've talked about so much also is the sunlight. 
I have a big issue with sunlight. It really affects me. It really bothers me. I don't think I ever realized it so much too because growing up in California, I never had to worry about sunlight, you know, but up here when I had limited sunlight due to living in Washington and then also limited sunlight due to the unit that I'm in, it really took a toll on me. So I knew like for my mental health, I had to get the frick out of this place, even though it was like probably the nicest place we'll stay in for a very long time. Like this was, I think we both knew from the beginning, too nice of a unit for us to be renting as our first place out of college. It was just like literally luck. It was the right timing, finding the right person, the right listing at an incredibly low price. It was just luck. So I have wanted to move out of here for a while and there's been this one house that has been on our mind and kind of been on our list for forever because it's in the family. And it was, and it still is, it's like the absolute perfect place for us. Our main thing is that we want a yard. That like when I kept telling Keith, you know, like I, I don't feel like I'm my best self here. Like I want to move, et cetera. And he was totally on board and supportive, of course. Another thing that we kept mentioning was like, we want Reese to have a real home with a real place to play and grass, not even just to pee on, but to play on, you know, like we wanted to give her that home that she deserves, especially as a puppy. And if you know anything about Labradoodles or just labs in general, they're puppies till they're like 10. Like they're just playful, they're fun and they're energetic to no end. Like literally I could ask Reese to like run a marathon and then she'd finish and want to run another one. Like she's just, I would never ask you to do that, by the way. That was a horrible, stupid example. But she's just always full of energy. It's one of my favorite things about her. But, you know, she can only do so many zoomies in this little tiny space. I want her to just go nuts in the backyard. So that was our top priority. And this house that is in the family is just beyond perfect. And not only is that just like nice having somebody in the family as your landlord and and having that be like such um, of a lower stress, but the housing market literally everywhere is just nuts. Like if you're trying to buy a house, God bless your soul. I wish you the best of luck. I, I genuinely mean that. And it's just like, it's so competitive and it's so hard. And Keith and I went through both. Like we were debating whether to buy a house ourselves or to rent a different property. Like we tried so many different avenues. We'd apply for places and then we'd get beat out or a place that we absolutely love was just out of our price range. It's just like such a game and a gamble right now. And I really think maybe like God was watching out for us or something because we almost bought a house. And now I'm so glad that we didn't because what if we just bought one to to buy one, I guess, you know, like we just knew we wanted to get out of this place. We found a house we could kind of afford and then we just moved there. I'm so glad that didn't happen because you don't want to impulsively buy a house, you know? Obviously, like, you know, you can always move and and get out and or uh, rent it out, but it's just, it's such a big commitment and it's so much money. I think the the smarter thing to do is to make the move when you are very secure and when you're very happy with the place that you want to move to. So we kind of were like holding out hope, I guess, for like something great to come along. But the house that we wanted to move into um, that's in the family was kind of just unavailable for a really long time because the person that currently lives there, the current tenant, wanted to buy a house himself. (laughs) So it was kind of like we were waiting for him to wait to buy a house. And that also was like super unsettling, I guess. Like you don't want to wait 
your whole life for somebody else to make a move for their life. You know what I'm saying? It's not fun to just see what they're going to do or when it's going to happen for them. Because again, the housing market is nuts. It's not his fault. You know, it took longer than he expected. But we were just like, hey, we want to be at the top of the wait list for this family home. Um, could we please like just let us know when things happen, like no rush, but we'll see. And then meanwhile, we're just kind of like looking at different listings, seeing things, seeing them out of our budget, seeing something. And it was just, you know, like it, it didn't make it, it was like such a downgrade from where we live. It wasn't worth it. And and also because we have such a tremendously cheap apartment like we now that we're moving I guess I can say this there's no way my landlord's listening to this podcast but we are like getting there there's like highway robbery going on (laughs) with our rent like we are paying such a low price it is nuts if we were to probably re-rent this place today we'd easily be paying I'm not kidding you probably 800 to a thousand dollars more and we just simply probably couldn't afford that you know like that's so much more money for each of us it's it's nuts so we kind of just accepted like I guess we're just going to wait around and see what happens and finally 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 we got the call I'm pretty sure we got it when we were in Maui too um, that the current tenant had found a house and it was now going to be available to us and it's available like quickly like very very quickly as in we could potentially move in in the next like week or two which is also absurd. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Absurdity. Like, so much is happening. Not to mention, the last big thing, I'm leaving for Europe for three weeks. So my brain has just been like, mush, 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 mush. There has been no time for me to, like, process any of this either, I feel like I'm processing some of it right now because each of those things on their own, in in my opinion, are large life moments. You know, like when do you have the opportunity to go on a vacation to Europe for three weeks? Like that in my eyes feels like it's once in a lifetime. I wasn't going to pass that up. And, you know, I feel like one of the only reasons, not hopefully not one of the only reasons, but one of the reasons my friend asked me to tag along with her is because of the flexibility of my schedule right now and how many people can just casually take three weeks off of work, you know? That's why I immediately said yes. Like, that's a huge, amazing thing. Like, I am so beyond excited, but that's so much to process on its own. Then you get a new job. Like, that's so much to process on its own. There's so much that has to go into that and paperwork and training and Um, the excitement of like getting your first shift and teaching my first class like that's so so much all of this like compounded like I said I'm gonna look back on this in like 20 years and be like did I implode did I just flow through this in a total blur because I don't know how it's all happening right now and it's like one of those like waiting for somebody to pinch me sort of moments and I don't feel like it's gonna slow down even that much because when we get back or when I get back from from Europe Um, if Keith hasn't already done like some of the moving on his own, I don't want him to like feel like he has to do all of it on his own, but 
if he hasn't done any or, or some of it, um, that will be like at least three, four days of just transferring the things to our new place. It's not like too far away from us, but it's not also around the corner. Uh, and then also unpacking, which takes, I swear, like, I don't know, six months. <laughs> it's going to take six months for me to feel like I'm finally unpacked at the new place. So that's going to take forever. And then of course, um, after that, we have to start thinking about planning a wedding, <laughs> which that feels like huge and monumental and, and so much too, you know, like what? A wedding? Like I'm 12 years old. I can't be planning a wedding. Like this is ridiculous, you know? Um, and we haven't really decided like many, many details, I guess. Some things we've talked about, but I think we both need to really just sit down and even just figure out um, numbers and and how many people uh, we want to be able to to party with. I mean, if, if anything, I'd love to party with the whole freaking world, but you can't afford the whole freaking world, you know? And we've talked a lot about like locationally, like where we want it to be. It's very much up in the air. As of now, one of our top options would actually be like, I guess, not I guess, it is a destination mainly because if we had a wedding in Washington, it would be a destination for all of my family coming from California and elsewhere. If we had a wedding in California, it would be a destination for all of Keith's family and, and friends, etc., um, coming to California. So it's not like that's a bad option at all, but if we're not in love with some of the um, venues or anything up here, and especially in Washington, the weather can be so fickle. Like You could have a, a wedding in May and it could rain or even July, I swear. Like you don't ever want to to bank on good weather. You might as well just find a, a better location, I guess. So one of our top options is actually in Keith's dad's hometown in Mexico, which would be so beyond cool. And that was actually, I, I think the first trip Keith and I went on together. I talked about that in the episode where I explained how 2017 was the best year of my life. That's a really funny episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. But um, we went to Puerto Vallarta together, which is where he grew up. And it was so beyond cool. And I mean, it it's like really neat that he grew up in like one of the most popular tourist areas in Mexico. And it just so happens to be like his, his hometown and backyard. So it could be like a great place for um, all of his family to be able to come to the wedding and also, I don't know, just like have the, the best freaking food and environment and scenery and everything. But like I mentioned, these are just ideas. It's not something that we're absolutely settled on. Um, I know probably planning a wedding for a destination would be extraordinarily tricky, but I'm willing to do whatever we can to make both of us happy. So we'll see. I'll keep you updated as I always do with what happens down the line. But getting to the social media side of everything, because I've kind of, I don't know, hop skipped and jumped all around it this whole time. When all of these things are happening in my life, I just kind of like panic and I throw my phone at the wall. Like I get very overwhelmed with notifications and I'd say probably 23 hours of the day my phone is on do not disturb, which I would maybe recommend if that's something that you also um, are bothered with too. Like you don't like looking at your phone and feeling super overwhelmed by things. But I would say sometimes it's hard to 
make sure you're not missing certain things. If like people are needing to contact you for work or maybe you're like waiting for emails or something, you, there should be a setting where you can let certain apps pop through. I'm pretty sure when you do like not do not disturb, but you go into work mode or maybe you go into sleep mode, you can always let like certain contacts contact you, like your mom, your dad, your sister or something. They could always contact you, but I'm not sure on the do not disturb mode. But anyways, my phone's always on do not disturb because I feel like there's no time to look at my phone or or maybe I'm trying to like relish the moment so much. I don't want to spend it on my phone. And I feel like as I've gotten a little bit older and and maybe as social media has become my job, I've felt this a lot more prominently, but I really have like a problem with using like Instagram casually. Like I'll never just like sit on my phone and scroll through Instagram. And I know that sounds like strange, but I think it's because when I'm scrolling, I feel like I have to also post something or I feel like I'm behind. If I didn't post something that day, then I'm a loser. <laughs> it's, I know it sounds so stupid, but I don't know what, I guess like I'm trying to relate it to like a real job. Like, I don't know, you didn't show up for work or something that day. Like I just didn't, I didn't appear. I didn't do anything. And I know that sounds so stupid because it kind of is, and it's kind of superficial, but I don't like it because I don't know how to find the balance with it. Like I don't know how to just also have all of these fun things happening, share them all with the people around me, not be sucked into my phone, but also still like I love sharing things on social media. Like I find it fun and exciting and my absolute favorite part is interacting with you all. Like going through my DMs is a highlight of my day. I know some people like avoid their DMs, like they get mean messages and stuff. You all send me the kindest freaking messages ever, like absolutely ever. And the sad thing is, is I haven't been able to reply as much as I used to because I've just not been on my phone. Like I just haven't. So I feel like in a sense, like I become like this bad content creator because I am trying to enjoy like the real world per se. Like everything that I'm saying right now, I feel like I'm just talking myself in a circle and I'm sounding like a complete idiot because at the end of the day, social media doesn't matter, you know? But at the same time, we wouldn't be communicating via podcast if it wasn't for social media, you know? So like it's so powerful and beautiful and fun for so many reasons, but at the same time, it is exhausting. And it can be hard for me to just log on and then like 10 minutes later log off. I don't know how to do that. So if you have felt like maybe I haven't been as connected or I've been aloof or MIA or any of the above, it's probably true because I think I've just felt so overwhelmed with everything happening that I don't know how to communicate that. But the thing is, it's like I'm a human being. And if you were to say that to me, then I would be like, of course, like take time for yourself. Or even like if I posted a story or something and I said verbatim that like, hey, I've been feeling overwhelmed or something. That's the only reason I've been MIA. Love you all or something. Then everyone would be like, no problem. You know, like it's no big deal. But I place like all of this stress on myself that I've let you all down and that I haven't been good enough, you know, or maybe that my content has been suffering. I don't know. Like I, I just get very, very worried about it. So in no way, like does it, I don't want you to feel like I'm quitting 
anything because I'm not. If anything, like we're just getting revamped. We're going into a new chapter, baby. Like I'm still what are we six, five, six months into the year now? And I, I mentioned at the top of the year, I was like, I want to update my, um, don't get it twisted album art. And I still haven't done that because I still haven't found something that feels right to me. And I still haven't felt like I've come up for air yet, but that's great. Like there's always a fun project around the corner. There's always room to improve. And I feel like with all of these things that are happening right now, engagement and job and vacation and whatever, it's like new fun chapters to document. It shouldn't be seen as like a negative or like a downside that so much is changing and happening. Like I want it to be fun. But I think when so much is happening, you only know how to deal with change to so much extent. It's very normal for human beings. Like I think it's in our nature to like kind of recoil when so much is happening because you don't know what your home base is anymore. Like you're trying to find your homeostasis and it's it's difficult to navigate. So I feel, I don't know, like when I'm out and about and I'm trying to enjoy Hawaii or something and I'm on the beach and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I should be Instagramming right now. Like I'm an idiot that I'm not. Or how come I'm not making like cute TikToks of me like in the sand, (laughs) in the butter? (laughs) Because I don't know how to like balance. I don't know how to be like, I'm enjoying my vacation, but also I'm documenting. But here's the thing maybe that's okay. Maybe there needs to be a time and place for both. Like there are vacations for you and for relaxing and R&R. And then there's vacations for work too. If if you're in a career like mine where you're documenting your life, maybe there's a little bit of both. And I think I just need to work on that and find that. And this is not meant to be like, boom, poor Taylor. She can't find balance with social media. (laughs) I'm just explaining because I feel like, like I said, I feel like I've been a really bad communicator and I feel disconnected from you and I don't want to feel that. But I also know if I gave myself like 15 minutes, if I set a timer and I replied to as many Instagram DMs as I could, immediately I would be in such a happier, better mood. I'm li- I'm actually going to do that right now. It is 1020 at night. I'm going to finish this podcast. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to respond to as many DMs as possible. If you're listening to this and you want to send me a DM or maybe you don't care, (laughs) um, I don't know, just like come say hi or tell me something that you want to vent about. Because sometimes I feel like on this podcast, it's just Taylor's like vented out hour. And I never want to sound like somebody that's so annoying because I'm not complaining If anything, I'm explaining, hopefully, how grateful I am to be in this place in my life where there's so many exciting, amazing things happening. And I suppose I'm just like looking for a helping hand on how to navigate it all because it's a lot. And sometimes I don't know how to put it into words also without sounding like I'm bragging. Like, hey, everyone, going to Europe or got a new job. I don't know. Like, I don't want to sound like so obnoxious because I don't know. You just, I'm such... Like I'm in such an egocentric and self-centered role uh, in this career of mine where it feels like everything's always like me, me, me. And I really don't like that. And I think like one, if not so many silver linings to this is that one of the you know biggest goals in getting my certification as a personal trainer, um, which was never my goal from the start, but I elaborated on this in my last episode is that now I feel really determined, like bounded determined to work with clients directly. And I didn't 
want this initially, mainly because I didn't feel confident in myself. It wasn't that I never wanted to work with people. It was more so that I didn't feel like I would ever be good enough to work with people. Like maybe they didn't trust me or maybe I'm not fit enough. I'm not athletic enough. I'm not toned enough. I'm using so many air quotes. But I think through the process, I just also recognized like I want to be able to make an actual difference. And so much of what I do is intangible. And I want to be able to like actually work with people one-on-one and connect with you and hopefully guide you through an incredible journey together where we both learn from one another and we're both impacting each other's lives. And we're, we're seeing how incredible movement can be for us and for our bodies. And I was actually at dinner with, um, my soon to be sister-in-law and (laughs) brother-in-law. And, um, they asked me, what is like my angle? You know, like what is it about me that would make me a good personal trainer or what about me would make me different? And I was like, oh my gosh, that's actually a fantastic question. And what I said was, is I've always believed that you can find any movement that you love and that is the movement that you should do and that is the movement that you should stick to. And we need to basically like rewire our brains into thinking that Every time you're working out, it has to be related to some sort of weight loss or even just having this understanding that movement is so powerful in so many ways and there's so many benefits that we can get from them. So why choose any movement that's not going to make you happy? All movement can be joyful and that's exactly what we should strive for. So basically bettering yourself in every way possible by doing things that you love and it doesn't have to be you know, like a six week tone it up program or whatever. I didn't mean to use tone it up as a brand. I just was using the word tone. I'm so sorry. But I I don't, I don't think it has to have that like end goal of weight. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be about weight whatsoever. If I want to move my body because it's good for me and it's good for my health and I'm releasing endorphins and stress, then that's why I want to move my body. And I don't want all the stigma that comes with always having to be working towards, you know, taking less space up in the world. And if I can work with people and we can work together and, and show that movement is fun and it should be fun and, you know, that it's like an easy way to just add spice to your lifestyle and it's working uh, around your schedule, you know, not the other way around, then, then that would be really incredible. I feel like I kind of botched my elevator pitch, but <laughs> we're working on it. I haven't launched the business yet. Oh gosh, I love you all so much. Um, This was a little bit of a rant of, you know, all of the things that are happening right now, but also just why I feel like I maybe have been disconnected. And if you felt that way at all, I'm so sincerely sorry. Know that I'm thinking of you literally every single day, day in and day out. And if I'm not on my phone, perhaps I'm just enjoying the company around me or maybe trying to take some deep breaths and soak this all in because there's a lot to be had. Or perhaps maybe I'm just watching another season of Survivor, which is a very likely scenario. (laughs) I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like, you can give this podcast a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It helps out so much. It shows where we are ranking in the overall ranking in the health and fitness category. That is our category. I believe, though, on one platform, it's comedy. Don't know why. Maybe I'm hilarious. Who knows? And, uh... If you like this, also, you can subscribe on YouTube. If that's where you prefer to listen to the podcast, let me know if you prefer videos. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a supporter and just being kind and here for me. And I'm here for you. Send me a DM. I love you. 
We'll talk next week. <laughs>